0: Good morning, Rise in Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. It's Christmas time, baby. It's time to be in a good mood. Yeah, it's time to get this week kicked off right. How you doing? Glad to have you here this morning. Do me a favor as you're making your way in to watch this show. Will you click that like button for me? Come on, just a little Christmas gift if you don't mind. And of course, if you enjoy the content that you're hearing today and you want more of it, it's easy just click subscribe on the channel you're watching us on thank you to rumble.com for featuring us there on the front page we appreciate you how you doing michael zakari are you listening this morning how you doing saraj Dasmi? all of our friends down there in sarasota florida at rumble.com we appreciate you very much thank you rumble last christmas i gave you my heart the very next day you gave it away all right don't sing austin we don't want to scare all these nice people off But we do want to have you come back and join us tomorrow morning. So subscribe to the channel before you leave today. You can text the show, of course, anytime you like at 573-319-1586. All right, let's uh, let's hit the ground running here. I've got a lot of interesting stories for you. George Santos out. Republicans got suckered into expelling the most conservative voting record. In the entire state of new york uh to hell with this place george santos said when he left and you know what <laughs> I can, we could all feel that way can't we we'll talk about that this morning we gonna have a lot of fun today exciting to have all of our friends joining us here enjoying the themed set this morning oh that's not all i got for you today lots of fun themed sets it's christmas time baby we love to party uh we've got chris maidman who's gonna be joining us this morning He is a former employee at Americans for Prosperity. I say former because, well, he got let go because he took a principled stand against his organization endorsing Nikki Haley. Uh, He came out uh, against the endorsement on Twitter, or I guess X.com, and uh, said exactly why he can't support Nikki Haley for president of the United States, despite his organization, the Koch-backed organization, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, uh, endorsing Nikki Haley and putting all the resources behind her. Uh, Chris Maidman of New Hampshire, which was, you know, pretty high, you know, a guy who was pretty high up there in that organization, not just like a, you know, regular door knocker, but somebody who had some clout uh, came out against the endorsement. And of course, well, they let him go. And uh, well, there you go. I mean, what do you do? You uh, you know, it's it's a difficult situation to be in, I can imagine. But we're going to hear uh, from Chris Maidment this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Bex Juke joining us here this morning says, who is this guy? Rumble just sent me here. Well, we appreciate Rumble for that. And Bex Juke, we appreciate you joining us here. I'm Austin Peterson. Uh, I am a liberty activist and podcaster, and I do the Wake Up America show here live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'd love to have you come back and join us, Bex, so do us a favor, click subscribe, and thanks for the comment. Make sure that you introduce yourself, and we love to make friends here in the chat, so uh, enjoy the show. We got a lot uh, going on. We try to bring you the absolute best, latest, and greatest in the top news of the world today, and I think I do have an excellent guest. When Chris Maidman joins us this morning at 7.30 a.m., you're going to hear from a brave man lost his job for standing up to his employer uh, who endorsed Nikki Haley, so that's a big story and a big guest. We'll talk to him this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, so about 25 minutes from now. At 8 a.m. this morning, I'm going to speak to our friend Remzo Martinez. Good old Remzo. I've known Remzo for a long time. He used to work with me when, I, uh, when he was writing at the Libertarian Republic. And we're going to hear from uh, Remzo Martinez this morning about a U.S. warship and merchant ships that were attacked in the Red Sea over the weekend uh, by uh, allegedly by Yemeni Houthi rebels. We're going to talk about that. A lot of people are asking, well, what are U.S. warships doing in the Red Sea? Um, well, similar things to what the U.S. merchant ships are doing in the Red Sea. Uh, They're for international shipping. We'll talk about that this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, and we'll hear from Remzo Martinez to talk about foreign policy. At 8.30 a.m. this morning, I'm excited to have Larry Sharp back on the show. I know we got a lot of big Larry Sharp fans here this morning. Wow, I didn't know you were that big of fans. Oh come on! We all know Larry's great. Larry Sharp is a former vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, former governor candidate in the state of New York. I'm actually curious to hear his thoughts on the whole George Santos being expelled thing as well, being a fellow New Yorker. So we'll hear from Larry Sharp this morning at 8:30 a.m. Central Time, so about an hour and 25 minutes from now, we'll hear from uh, Larry Sharp, and I want to hear his take on the Republican presidential primary uh, as an outsider, you know, third party Libertarian guy himself. I just want to get his take on that. So we'll hear from Larry Sharp this morning at 8:30 a.m. Central Time. We're looking forward to hearing from um, uh, from Larry Sharp. So do me a favor, as you're here, don't forget to click the like and subscribe button as we get this show on the road. We've got a lot of interesting guests and topics for you today. First off, let's talk about the expellation. Is that a word? Expellation, expulsion. <laughs> there it is. Of George Santos. Uh, Miranda Devine over at the New York Post writes that Republicans got suckered into expelling George Santos. He had the most conservative voting record in New York. To hell with this place, he said as he left. Um, Well, having the most conservative voting record in the state of New York, well, I mean, it's like it's the tallest midget contest. Am I wrong? Right. So we're going to hear from um, uh, we're going to hear from uh, our friends this morning on this topic. But here's my take on this. Uh, I think it was a mistake to kick out george santos and and here's the thing it's going to open up the door. Here's the thing. Why aren't they kicking out other members of Congress for lying? You know they you know they would never do that because well, because they're all respectable. like all the lies that people the other Congress people tell they're all completely respectable. But if you use only fans with campaign dollars, that's just too much for the public to bear. Well, you know, you don't have to approve of george santos Santos though, to understand that it should have been left to his constituents in Long Island and Queens to decide on his suitability to remain in Congress. But despite the fact that the Republicans have a pretty slim majority in the House and the votes that we have on the right are small and getting smaller, um, uh, they decided to take a risk and to kick this guy out of Congress, which, yeah, I don't know if that was a great idea. 105 Republicans got suckered. And voting for what they, what I would call, and Miranda Divine calls moral vanity, moral vanity, which I I think is a really good turn of the phrase, moral vanity. But George Santos, he's a 35 year old years old. Uh, he's the son of Brazilian ing- immigrants. Uh, he's uh, openly gay. He actually, and he has the most conservative voting record of the entire New York delegation. That includes the few Republicans that there are from New York, which there are some. Right. But now he's gone and he's taking his vote with him to hell with this place, he said, as he exited the U.S. Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, And apparently he is vowing to uh, get revenge on his former colleagues who had turned on him. So he is out there taking a blowtorch to some of his fellow Republicans. Uh, he's suggesting that um, some of his fellow Republicans are participating in insider trading. He went after uh, Nicole Malliotakis; she's a Republican from Staten Island. He's going after her. You know, she's engaging in I- insider trading. Honestly, I'm laughing my ass off. He says he's filing an official complaint with the Office of Congressional Ethics against her for her questionable stock trading and joining since joining the Ways and Means Committee this Congress. This stuff is hilarious. Go, George. Go, George. Go, George. Go. An openly gay man, the most conservative member of Congress from the state of New York. You love to see it. It's hilarious. So uh, this woman, Mali Taka, said he's going after. She joins the Ways and Means Committee, and then all of a sudden she starts making some very lucrative stock trades, which I think is, well, you know, it's quite hilarious. But do you think that they're going to go after her? Congress members for insider trading? No, because you know why they'd have to go after Nancy Pelosi. They'd have to go after all the other Congress people who are doing the exact same thing who who have actual power in the Congress. I mean, it's not like every representative is equal. Like their committee assignments give them more power. the uh, The amount of patronage that some of them have, the longer that they stick around, like they all trade you know votes and they trade power in order to jockey to get to the top, right? Which, of course, at the top is you you know the Speaker of the House. But it's just hilarious to me that, yes, Horatius148 over on the live stream says he was kicked out for lying about not being Jewish. Okay, well, that's part of it, which is also hilarious.
1: <laughs> that's
0: really only part of it. But I think it's because he was he was honestly threatening to embarrass a lot of these people. But I, I, I think it's hilarious. He lied about not being Jewish. Well, he lied about being Jewish. But it, he was saying that he's not, so he had to, re, you know, come back and tell people. Well, he's not really Jewish, even though he spoke at this Jewish Republican conference. He's not really Jewish, but he feels like he's Jew-ish. Right? <laughs> I laugh, I laugh, I laugh. I find this stuff to be quite entertaining. I just—we're all going to miss Republican. We're all going uh, Republi- to miss Republican George Santos. Uh, and who knows who's going to be able to fill his place, right? When the Democratic district that he miraculously flipped last year. It wasn't as if this was some safe Republican district. It wasn't like Long uh, Staten Island in New York City where you know that they're uh, primarily Republicans in Staten Island. If you didn't know, now you do. If you don't know, now you know, and word uh, But he actually flipped his district, right? He was, he was an anomaly to be able to turn a Democratic district Republican, and the Republicans kicked him out. I mean, this is just bad strategy overall. Now, Governor Hochul of New York has to hold a special election in the next couple of months. And you can bet Democrats are going to be doing everything that they can to take back a seat that they took for granted and they slipped up and lost. And now they're probably have learned their lessons and they're not going to let that happen again. Uh, Hilarious. Um, Nelson 65 says he loves the lights on your screen. Well, thank you very much. It's a beautiful day. And it's Christmas time, so we're all going to have a lot of fun. We've got lots of like little Christmas treats for you on the show today. Very exciting. Speaking of Christmas treats, have you tried my Martha's Mint founding flavors? Oh, and by the way, I'm really excited, guys. I know it's just it's in some ways it's the same old Liberty AP for Liberty Shop, but in many ways it's not the same old AP for Liberty Shop. The AP for Liberty Shop store has undergone a uh, fashion makeover, so a total makeover of AP4LibertyShop.com. You guys check it out if you haven't yet over the weekend. We just released a new version of AP4LibertyShop.com. It's new, it's sexy, it's beautiful. Yes, we still got all of our delicious coffees. We do have some new products and of course we got some ads for the Wake Up America show. It looks great on mobile, but I highly recommend that you check it out on desktop if you've got one. Head to AP4LibertyShop.com. Check out the new website redesign. Um, Stephanie and I have lots of exciting new changes that are coming. And a whole new product, whole brand new product lines coming in the next couple of weeks. So you definitely want to check that out. Okay, cool. If you don't know, now you know, N-word. <laughs> Thank you, Studio 314. I appreciate that. Yeah, glad you got the joke. Rare Camellia says, once again, Republicans have shot themselves in the foot in the names of false piety. Amen. Can I get an amen for the lady? He thinks the lady doth not protest too much. All right. Uh, George Santos, here we're we talking about. Okay, so Santos, here's, the, here's why he actually got kicked out. Not because he lied and said he was Jewish, but he's facing multiple criminal charges for wire fraud, stealing public funds, and lying on federal disclosure forms, which, by the way, Many members of Congress commit those those crimes, not just the wire fraud or uh, stealing public funds is a given. We know they all steal public funds, but the lying on federal disclosure forms is common. It's kind of like when you, quote unquote, lie on your taxes, but you actually just filled them out wrong because they're so arcane and difficult to do. Um, And and here's the thing. He had already declared he wasn't going to run for reelection so that it wasn't like his colleagues really had to intervene and break precedent for this. They could have simply declared he's entitled to the presumption of innocence like all Americans and then quietly groomed his replacement. That would have been the right strategy. Uh, And it would have all and it added to the advantage of being self-serving. They could have hung on to their four seat majority until next year's election. Now their buffer is down to three. And that makes the rhinos in Congress more powerful because now they are because Santos was more conservative. That makes the people who are less conservative in the Congress, that makes their votes count a little bit more. It gives them a little bit more clout, which is a problem, right? So, right, this is just situation normal, all effed up, right? So if you're a Republican member of Congress, uh, you know, and you're capable of being shamed, if you're someone who is easily pushed around, right, then honestly, what are you doing there, right? You should not be in Congress. If you are so easily cowed by the media and the attacks on you because uh, they say George Santos is corrupt, you should go after him and kick him out. what are you doing there? You, you, like, you obviously don't have enough spine to be there. The Republicans have to understand that this behavior, this model, the George Santos model is now going to be exported by Democrats against all Republicans. And if you back down and you come out and you say oh, we're going to do this because we're terrified of the of the media. They're only it's only going to make things worse for you. This is only going to make things worse. Now, kudos to Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, who's actually coming out and being somewhat somewhat reasonable in recent months, which I never would have thought I'd say. But he actually has said that the Democrats now need to step up and they need to kick New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez out for his allegations of bribery that have been made against him. Corruption charges as well. And yet he's still a sitting US senator. And God bless John Fetterman, I guess. I don't know. God bless us, everyone. Uh, for sure. Rare Camellia just started a pot of Adams's patriotic perk. Mm, hope you'd like the delicious dark roast. Do you like it? Do you like it? All right. So I pulled up, I pulled queued up a bunch of clips of um of former governor Nikki Haley. Um, some criticizing her, some of her. Uh, I thought this interview with uh, Tucker Carlson where he was talking about Nikki Haley was fascinating. Take a listen to this. Our Republican donors are widely convinced that Nikki Haley, who is like the most anti-American
2: person to run for president on the Republican side in my memory, mm-hmm. um, she's going to beat Trump. And
0: she's the one. And, and leaving aside just how almost unbelievably supernaturally horrible she is. I like that word, supernaturally horrible. She's trailing him by like 50 points. So, so my question to you is like, are Republican voters donors, rather, that dumb and out of touch? Yes. Many of them are, Tucker. However, a lot of these a lot of this hatred and this anger at, at Donald Trump is manifested in Nikki Haley. It's not really some kind of principled stand, like the endorsement of Nikki Haley by AFP and others. We're going to hear from Chris Maidman, who lost his job at AFP in New Hampshire for coming out against the endorsement of Nikki Haley, but it's really just Trump derangement syndrome that is causing this. They're not taking principled stands here. The guy who lost his job, who we're going to have on the show this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, very soon, I'm excited to talk to him, that was a principled stand. But AFP coming out and endorsing Nikki Haley is not a principled stand. It's just the fact that they don't like Donald Trump. They're desperate to do anything they can to stop Trump. It's actually pathetic.
2: Or is this some sort of complex
0: PR play, play or what no, is that? No.
3: Is the election rigged? I mean, that's where my mind goes. Well, Why yeah. would rich, powerful people choose to donate to a losing candidate unless there's something that they know that we don't know?
0: No, they don't. I mean, it's that's the conspiracy theory version of this. But I mean, it's definitely... It's definitely just personal. It's definitely that they just don't like Donald Trump. There's n- there, It's no shadowy sinister where they, we know something you don't. No, it's that they're children. They're petulant children. You know, millionaires or billionaires are just the the kids that you went to high school who managed to figure out a hustle. They managed to figure out a hustle that made them, a, you know, a lot of money. And some of them got lucky. Some of them are smart. But most of them are not necessarily any smarter than the average person they just managed to figure out a hustle. Here, it's, here's the thing. It's, I saw this really good um, discussion from uh, someone, Sam Altman, the CEO of Ch- Chat GPT. I think it was Michael Moynihan from Reason was saying this, is that these tech billionaires, they all think that they have these, they, that they can revolutionize the world or that they, they have these life-altering ideas when all they really are is just good at coding, right? They just, they figured out a way to write a computer program that a lot of people like, that, that people were willing to pay the money for, right? They managed to like do deep fakes of people's apps, or like to to do automatic, you know, hip tucks and you know, photoshopping of women's faces to make their their make them look more pretty and their asses look fatter, and and so they're, uh, and that's what made them rich. And but they all think these millionaires and billionaires, they think they're geniuses, they think they're brilliant, they think that they know everything. What all they really know is that they've created a computer program and coded one that is popular with young people and manages to get a lot of, you know, a lot of money. That doesn't necessarily mean that they really are geniuses. It doesn't mean that their IQs are necessarily any higher than the rest of us. They just figured out a hustle that managed to make them millions or billions of dollars. So, it, the the problem with the conspiracy theory view of things is like these evil millionaires and billionaires are controlling the world is you just you haven't met enough if you think that you probably haven't met enough millionaires or billionaires, right? And I know that it, this rhetoric, the, the hating on millionaires and billionaires is very popular right now, especially because of the populist movements in the United States. But whether it's Bernie Sanders populism or whether it's what's a good right-wing version of populism, even MAGA populism, for example, right? It, it's, it, you don't understand if you haven't met enough millionaires or billionaires, they're really not all that special, most of them. Some of them are. Some of them are very unique. There are a few exceptional cases but that's really the exception rather than the rule many of them are just guys who figured out how to work, how to buy 10 15 construction businesses or they figured out how to run an airbnb side hustle and own 150 250 some of them are actually leveraged up to their gills like people who, who you think might be millionaires or billionaires that's just assets on paper and they're illiquid and many of them for the next are just waiting for the next housing crisis or the next you know the next uh, stock market crash before they're all down in the dumps with us. I mean, how many millionaires and billionaires have lost everything? Who was the CEO of WeWork, for example? Like these, all these massive tech companies that have gone belly up. Don't don't forget that, right? Don't be intimidated by these millionaires and billionaires because when you see them do stupid, when you see them do stupid, like endorsing Nikki Haley, don't assume that there's some giant, some grand master plan that these people have and they know something that we don't people who really know something that we don't typically do tend to be members of Congress who tend to be millionaires and billionaires, but that's because they get the intelligence briefings from the Pentagon, which is quite different from, like, say, someone in the Koch organization, Americans for Prosperity. They don't know something that you don't. They just hate Donald Trump personally. They personally dislike him, and they have allowed their good judgment to be clouded by their blind hatred of one man who has completely triggered them, who is uh, demonized to the point of just... Of of comedy and quite frankly makes me like the guy a little bit more. Honestly, it does. It makes me like the guy a little bit more. But somebody who I really don't like, who is not li- doesn't seem to have a libertarian bone in her body, other than this next clip, this one thing that I've heard from Nikki Haley, the first time I've ever said to myself, All right, well, you know, you know, she it is, you know, she is a Republican, not necessarily a Democrat. But let's take a listen how Nikki Haley wants to cut taxes for the American middle class. I'm gonna
3: eliminate the federal gas and diesel tax. give American families more space. We're going to cut taxes on the middle class and simplify those brackets that will flush cash to be more in the pockets of middle class Americans that will stimulate the economy. And then we're going to make the small business tax cuts permanent. They made the corporate tax cuts permanent, but they made the small business tax cuts temporary. And finally, when I was governor and it's been this way forever. Presidents meet with their governors once a year. I'm gonna meet with governors, Republican and Democrat, once a quarter with the sole purpose of taking as many federal programs as we can and moving them down to the state level. So think healthcare, welfare, um, education. It will shrink the size of the federal government and it will empower the people on the ground. When we do that, you really are gonna hit it hard at reducing costs stopping this debt that's out of control, but also empowering people to have the value of a tax dollar again. And I think that's really important. I'm the gonna first time, that's the though. first
0: time I've ever heard something out of Nikki Haley that wasn't, we're going to take every God dollar that you have and send it to Ukraine. We're going to take every mother penny that you have and send it to Israel. We're going to take every piece of dollar that you have in your pocket And send it overseas for some foreign war. So I guess, you know, kudos to Nikki for saying one thing that I agree with, actually. Uh, Nikki Haley, uh, the DeSantis people are really coming out against her. They're mad because a lot of the money that was supposed to go to DeSantis and endorsements that are supposed to go to DeSantis are now going to Nikki Haley because in, in part, it's because they don't think Ron DeSantis is the guy because never Trumpers are trying to find a candidate that they can use to beat Trump. And Ron DeSantis has been a disappointment in that regard. So now Ron DeSantis is attacking Nikki Haley, which doesn't make sense because Ron's in second place. Why he's going after the third place and the fourth place picks doesn't make any sense. It's a losing strategy, but let's hear what the DeSantis people Uh, our clipping of Nikki Haley.
3: There's nothing establishment when you have Americans for Prosperity, the most conservative grassroots organization in the country, come out and endorse me because they like my economic plans and my plans for the future of America.
0: Um, Well, I'm not quite sure you could say that Americans for Prosperity is the most conservative organization in the country because that would imply that we don't know what the difference between a conservative or a libertarian is, and we know what the difference between a conservative and a libertarian is on the very libertarian "Wake Up America" show, don't we? God bless, God bless America. We're America-loving libertarians, by the way, but we do know the difference here. Um, what does uh, uh, Elon Musk think of Nikki Haley?
4: See yourself voting for President Biden if, if it's if it's a Biden Trump election, for example.
0: I think I would not vote for Biden. <laughs> You'd vote for Trump. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd vote for Trump, but, I mean, this is, this is definitely a difficult choice here,
4: you
1: know. We, uh,
4: would, you, uh, would you vote for Nikki Haley? Nikki Haley, by the way, wants uh, all social media um, names to be exposed, as you know. No,
0: I think that's outrageous. Yeah, no, I, we, we, I, I'm not going to vote for some pro-censorship cent- candidate. See yourself voting for president? Oh, gosh, I love it. See, Elon might be the exception of the billionaires. Who are actually exceptional. What do you think about that? I love to hear your thoughts. I've got my next guest, Chris Maidman. He lost his job at Americans for Prosperity for saying he would not support Nikki Haley. And now he's gone. Brave thing to do. Brave guy. We're going to hear from him next. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Let's give it up for rumble.com putting us up there on the front page today. Thank you. We appreciate all of our friends down there in Sarasota, Florida, for taking an interest in the Wake Up America show. If it's your first time viewing the program today, make sure you click that subscribe button. We'd love to have you come back and join us here every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We fight for economic freedom and personal liberty. And if you're a friend of the show, you know what to do. Click that like button. Did you see that commercial for our delicious Holiday coffee flavors, don't forget, limited time only to get Martha Washington's special mint-flavored coffees. Really good. Put a little chocolate sauce in there. Great way to start a chilly day like today, as well as with all of our friends here on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. All right. Well, we've been talking a little bit about Nikki Haley as the possible alternative to Donald Trump, never Trump's support and dollars. Initially, we're going to Ron DeSantis of Florida which makes a lot of sense, right? Fairly conservative governor, has a pretty decent track record. He's done a lot of things that I'm not a big fan of necessarily, but you would think a lot of people would coalesce around him because he seems, you know, sort of Trump-ish without all the baggage. But when I saw that Americans for Prosperity, which is ostensibly a libertarian organization, came out and endorsed Nikki Haley, I was confused. Apparently, I wasn't the only one. My next guest actually lost his job at americans for prosperity working for them in new hampshire when he came out and said he couldn't support neocon nikki let's hear from him now his name is chris maidman and he's joining us live this morning good morning chris thank you for joining us
1: good morning austin thanks for having me
0: all right chris so let's hear your rationale here um americans for prosperity um the Koch brothers organization now there's only one uh coke that's still uh living um they endorse Nikki Haley. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to you, but you lost your job for stating the obvious. Let's hear your story.
1: Oh, I, I, the, I think a lot of people were surprised last Tuesday when that endorsement came out. Um, in, in previous cycles, you know, we've done a lot of work endorsing really strong policy champions, both in New Hampshire and across the country. Folks that, when elected, will push forth the policies that Americans for prosperity backs, right? Breaking down government barriers, economic opportunity, education freedom, things of that nature, things that that a lot of us um, in the libertarian right of center side of the aisle certainly agree on, but they're they're grounded in core principles of freedom and human progress and allowing people to self-actualize. and the, the a lot of those candidates have gone on to done amazing things, especially in New Hampshire. I think last cycle, 47 or so uh, endorsed candidates from, from AFP New Hampshire. A lot of them got elected. We've we passed education freedom. We've cut taxes. We've done a, a lot of amazing things uh, here in the state. And I know other states are, are doing really similar things. South Carolina just repealed the certificate of need, for example. So I think the, the most surprising thing was how um, unaligned Nikki Haley is on on certain facets of of what I believe are are some core principles of of libertarianism and and conservatism, which is a a realistic and restrained foreign policy, for one, Um, you know, I don't think she's been very she, in my opinion, I think she's probably the most hawkish of all the Republican candidates in the race. And that gives me really, really great hesitation for our future. My I have three children now, six, four and two. I would really hate to see us uh, in another entracted, prolonged overseas war like Iraq and Afghanistan. And we can debate the merits of those wars all day long. But the fact is, they they raged for more than twenty years, and people that weren't even born when they started ended up fighting in those wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And and that's really something that we need to avoid. Um, and especially the prospect of a, a you know a world war. There's a lot of tension. Everywhere in the world right now, China, Russia, Ukraine, uh, you know, Taiwan, you name it, Israel, Hamas, obviously, and uh, having somebody with a restrained foreign policy that keeps a level head and isn't quick to get us involved in other places in the world, I think is incredibly important at this moment in time.
0: Okay, so Chris, I, I think I understand your policy disagreements with Nikki, and I share them. Um, But I'm curious, in terms of political intrigue, why do you think a libertarian organization like Americans for Prosperity would endorse Nikki Haley?
1: Back in uh, February of this year, Austin, you might remember uh, Emily Seidel, Americans for Prosperity's CEO, came out with a memo um, detailing Americans for Prosperity's plan to help turn the page on the past and elect somebody other than Donald Trump. And for the last ten months now, um, we've been doing the work to to make sure that 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 happens. Um, a lot of, you've you've probably seen some digital advertisements, maybe even some mailers. I know we've seen them here in New Hampshire. And I think at the end of the day, I don't want to speculate too much, but according to what Emily Emily Seidel said on Tuesday, and and part of the memo that went out is that Nikki Haley is the in the strongest position to take Donald Trump down in the early states. And, and that was the rationale for their decision based on what, what they put out.
0: Okay. Um, my understanding of this is, and as someone who you know, has political, connect, political connections around the country, uh, um, is that this is something personal between the Kochs and Donald Trump, that the, um, the hostility against Donald Trump is not necessarily policy based, but it's more personality based. Um, is, is that an unfair allegation in your mind?
1: I, I, I wouldn't speculate on whether there's a personal gripe there or not. But what I can tell you is that there is a. Uh, when we endorse candidates, we do. W- when Americans for Prosperity endorses candidates, they do look at civility and, and bridging divides. There is a lot of. Um, I, I think there's a lot of incivility in politics these days. And, and I certainly agree that there's probably too much of that. And if we can try to tone down the rhetoric and actually work together to get things done, that's a good thing. Um, whether that plays into their their factor with Donald Trump, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, or, or if there's a personal gripe there, I, I couldn't speculate on that. But I do know that uh, Donald Trump, across the country here in New Hampshire, there's a lot of folks that are turned off by him. I know he lost New Hampshire by four thousand votes in 2016. He lost by seventy thousand votes in 2020. So the, obviously, during those four years of him being in the news every day, saying saying uh, things that turned off a lot of people, you know, we saw Rebu- Republican suburbs turn turn blue shades of blue over the past six years for sure. And he at the top of the ticket, I, he's done some damage here in New Hampshire. Um, and looking forward, to, can he turn that around? That That's a question for somebody else to answer, a better prognosticator, maybe. Interesting.
0: I mean, if you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. I'm speaking to Chris Maidment. He is a former representative of Americans for Prosperity. He wrote a lengthy Twitter slash X post last week uh, detailing why he could not support Nikki Haley despite his organization endorsing him. He was promptly fired from the organization. Uh, and is now talking to me today about why he thinks that uh, that that happened. Now, pretty brave thing for you to do there, Chris, uh, to take a principled stand like that. You don't see people doing things like that. Um, You must have been fairly afraid. I mean, it's you've got a lot to lose. A lot of people in your position wouldn't take that kind of risk, but you probably aren't alone in feeling that way. Uh, From what I'm hearing from other representatives of America's for Prosperity around the country, uh, I spoke to someone else in New Hampshire, for example, and, you know, they they're, they're honestly, they're scared because they do not want to go out or a- around New Hampshire and knock doors for something that they don't believe in. Do you think that um, are you think there are a lot of
1: people like you in the organization that feel the same way? I've certainly spoken to several that that feel the same way, and and uh, those folks, you know, find themselves in the same impossible situation that I did, where the work requires. I to go out and support this candidate, especially in New Hampshire, the first in the nation primary. It's only seven weeks from tomorrow. There's a lot of work to be done. Iowa six weeks from today, and a lot of folks, you know, I've, the, the folks that I've spoken to, anyways, um, are stuck in that same impossible situation. And I feel for them. And I, I, you know, if they if they choose to stay and just muddle through it, you know, I have respect for that too, because I know that after after the election. This is all going to end someday, right? Nikki Haley's either going to win or she's going to lose. And Americans for Prosperity, uh, in New Hampshire, at least, and hopefully in other states, we'll go back to pushing for those policy reforms that we so desperately need in this country and around the country. Um, And so, yes, I've I've spoken with several that feel exactly the same way. And, you know, my heart goes out to them, whatever they decide to do.
0: Chris, tell me something and be honest here. You know, I've made my peace with Donald Trump. I don't have Trump derangement syndrome, even if maybe in 2016 I did. Um, Presidents, when it comes to their policies, I have a pretty low bar uh, for how I look at presidential candidates these days. I've really changed my outcome. I have the exact same libertarian principles that I did in 2016, but now I have very different tactics for how I think we should try and get these principles across the finish line. Uh, And in looking at how Donald Trump handled his presidency, despite the profligate spending, uh, despite the tariffs that you and I disagree with, he did do some libertarian things, like passing the First Step Act. For example, one of the key things that Ron DeSantis attacks Donald Trump over is one of the most libertarian things that Donald Trump did. In a long line of presidencies who have done absolutely zero libertarian things, when I look at the difference between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley and it's a matter of degrees and the bar is very low, I don't think Nikki Haley is more libertarian than Donald Trump. Would you disagree?
1: I would not disagree with that at all. And the First Step Act, I, I agree, Thank it was you. a huge win, huge win. Um, and I was really disappointed to see candidates coming out, um, particularly Governor DeSantis, uh, taking aim at the First Step Act. Now, yes, there's always room for improvement with policy, right? Nothing's ever perfect, otherwise we wouldn't have jobs. Um, but the First Step Act was a great, uh, and the title says it all, it was a great first step, right? We did, we did. Uh, that was an amazing thing that, that President Trump did working across the aisle. It passed on a huge bipartisan basis in the United States Senate. I think it was like 81 to 19, maybe. Um, and to, to come out against that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. It was, was pretty disappointing. And I know that there's other candidates that have also said the same thing.
0: I know. But here's the thing, like, just like, this is just my own personal beef with like many libertarians. (laughs) They're Like, they're so triggered by Donald Trump that they can't recognize they can't see the forest for the trees. I mean, I have a a spreadsheet somewhere of a list of Donald Trump's accomplishments and many of these things I was like, I was, you know, uh, not just right, uh, not just uh, for this first step back, but he also passed the right to try. And he did a lot of things that that I you know, that I don't agree with. And we can, you know, beef with him all day. But there's no I mean, I think it's like night and day, the difference between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. You would think that the that Americans for Prosperity would recognize that. But even if they don't, even if they don't like Donald Trump or they, they think the tariffs in his position on free trade are, are just, you know, are bridged too far to support, which I can understand. I know that's a big issue. Uh, it is for libertarians. We don't believe in tariffs. But here's my thing. Why Nikki Haley over Ron DeSantis? Like, it almost seems like it's like a desperate political gambit as if they're trying to pick the winner in a desperate attempt to try and just stop Donald Trump. And so in being so principled, they've they're being unprincipled. Wouldn't Ron DeSantis have actually made a little bit better of a choice? Like, maybe people like yourself would probably I mean, would you have would you have said what you said? And do you think you'd be fired right now, Chris, have been fired from the organization? Would you have done what you've done if it would have been Ron DeSantis instead of Nikki Haley? Answer that.
1: No, absolutely not. Jeez. So stupid.
0: So dumb.
4: So, I
2: why mean, Nikki you know. Over, so, why I, Nikki over I,
0: Ron? Why Nikki over Ron? You know, like And I'm getting a lot of shit from Ron DeSantis people these days because I like Vivek Ramaswamy better than Ron. But, but, uh, why v Why
1: Nikki over Ron DeSantis? I mean, if we just look at the, the memo that came out last Tuesday announcing this endorsement, it, it, the the mickey's polling better she's in second in iowa she's in second in new hampshire she's in second in south carolina and if if uh if that was the calculus i i don't know i wasn't in the meetings i wasn't privy to how the decision was made um but if that's the case and and they feel that she's in the best position to to win one of those states or or multiple of those states then um you know it's it's uh, it's unfortunate in my mind because um what I had always expected and what I, what I expect moving forward. And I know the New Hampshire team will continue to, to be uh, principle above people and principle above politics. And, you know, if, if, if they chose uh, winning over and traded away and the trade-off was some of those principles, then you know that's, that's pretty disappointing. And I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day, maybe we'll see whether, whether they're right or not, you know, on January 15th, we'll see in Iowa on January 23rd, we'll find out in New Hampshire.
0: So, Chris, what are you doing now? You've, you've lost your job for taking a principled stand. I mean, pretty ballsy thing to do. Um, what's next?
1: Well, I hope to get back to doing, you know, just some policy and find a principled policy champions here in New Hampshire. We're the free state in the country, uh, free state in all of North America, as as it turns out. Both of those reports came out recently. So we've got a lot to brag about, but we've still got a lot of work to do. Florida's right on our heels. There's other states Doing cool stuff, even even right around us. You know, we're still the only state in New England without legal cannabis, so we've got a lot of work to do. And and I'm going to pour my heart and soul back into doing some policy here in New Hampshire. Hopefully, find some more policy champions to do some cool things.
0: Sounds great. Is there anything else, Chris, that you'd like to share with our listeners or plug? Uh,
1: you know, in the long run, I just I, I you know a lot of people are disappointed by this current current endorsement. Don't blame them at all. Uh, but I would encourage folks not to write off Americans for Prosperity in the long run. When they get to their policy work, when they get to their other principled policy champions, give them a look. You know, one thing I always believe, Austin. I'm sure you agree with me. Is I will work with anybody to do good and nobody to do wrong. And you know, don't don't pass them over just because of this endorsement. Give them a look in the future in your state. I'm sure they're doing cool things at the pol- at the state level. If you can unite with them on on something you agree with please do so. And, you know, don't, don't write them off completely over this endorsement.
0: Okay. That's good to know, Chris. Um, I just, I see that you've got a give, send, go set up to kind of help you carry through in the meantime, after having lost your job, some of our friends uh, are sharing that. Is, is that true or not? I, I didn't set it up. So this is news to me. Oh, okay. Well, I saw somebody sharing in the chat what looked like a, a give, send, go uh, fundraiser for Chris Maidman. If it's not for you, then maybe you ought to go check that out.
1: <laughs> I'll, might, t- I'll somebody, take a look into that somebody, right when we, we might
0: get be off doing, of this call yeah so check it out over at rumble.com slash ap4liberty where the chat in the live chat because I see people sharing that link and I'm, I thought that that was an actual thing for you maybe maybe it is maybe some uh, Santa Claus is out there trying to help you out we appreciate you Chris hey uh, very brave of you to do Merry Christmas to you and your family and good luck in this next time I know this will be challenging for you
1: yeah Merry Christmas to you too Austin thanks for having me today thank you very
0: much that's Chris Bademan. what do you think of Chris brave man Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Do you think you've got the guts to take a principled stand like that? Potentially lose your job like Chris did? Uh, I mean, not all of us obviously work in politics, so it's not like you have to worry about McDonald's or Walmart or, you know, Raytheon or <laughs> kind of difference between those organizations it's not like you really uh have to to uh feel like you're taking a principled stand because you know as most people if you're working in an organization they're not going to be involved in politics but if you are involved in politics to do what chris did and to call out his employer and say that he can't support who they've supported that takes guts honestly in politics i mean we've all been in situations where we've had to make decisions for example I had to do that once. I had to leave an organization. I did so quietly, but I left an organization that I was working at because I was not pleased with uh, how things were being handled. And I, you know what? You leave a lot of these, these jobs that you work at in politics. They pay a lot of money. They pay, a, they pay a ton of money and they have great benefits, great benefits. And think about that. Chris, he's got, I think he said he had two kids. So to do what he did, and then to lose his job, and then when you when an employer sees something like that, that you've done something like that, you take a risk on future jobs, you know, for all of the of the um, I'm, I'm, somehow I'm going to make this about me, um, all of the uh, attacks on me for being a grifter, you got to understand that like, my ability to be independent here as the Wake Up America show host and to monetize my own website using my own merchandise and to get support from people like you watching this show, clicking like and subscribing and, you know, buying coffee from the shop, becoming monthly subscribers, you know, growing this business as we have, like, this is how I'm able to say to you exactly what I think and exactly what I feel. There are a lot of people in politics today that do not have the luxury that I have. Now, if I were to try and get a normal job because of everything that I've done here on this show and because everything I've said on social media and because of my my uh, career in politics and having run for office twice, it's very unlikely that I could get a normal job. Now, could I probably go and, you know, work at like a manufacturing plant and pack out boxes or something like that? Yeah, sure. Right. I think it would be a waste of my talents. Not to say that that's, you know, that are anything wrong with those jobs. There absolutely isn't it um but what i'm saying is that true freedom to speak freely as i am right now is a rare thing in politics it is a very rare thing there are very few of us in politics who can do what i do and have the freedom to speak as we wish about the things that we wish because most people who work in politics are like chris well not like chris actually because most of them don't have the balls that chris maidman does but most of them are in a situation that chris was in and they work at organizations where they aren't allowed to have free speech, really. They aren't allowed to have opinions that might contradict their employers. Whenever their employers come out and say, if they're working for a think tank or some activist organization, whenever they're th- those organizations, for all even in the organizations that are like, we need to be, have more grassroots and bottom-up politics, those organizations are still run very top-down, right? America's Prosperity says, you're going to go along to get along. You're going to support Nikki Haley. There are a lot of people who are libertarians who are going to be knocking doors and cringing because they're going to be supporting Nikki Haley and they don't want to do it. I can't imagine what that must be like. I cannot imagine. I just I thank the Lord every day that that praise Jesus in heaven that I do not have to do that because I have managed to build up a mini, miniature a micro influencer empire. That's growing steadily, day over day, month over month. The Wake Up America show gives me the financial freedom to be able to tell you exactly what I think about things. I mean, I say some pretty controversial on oh, I'm
1: actually in the that voice. That, that's not my like, controversial. It's not controversial in talking about voice. But it can sometimes be if you can talk about Austin,
0: maybe you need to just be a little hard to tear these things off Anyways, uh, the Chris Maidment Gifts and Go was set up by one of our Cantina crew AP for Liberty. You guys rock! Give it up Thank you for letting me know, Studio 314 Will you do me a favor? Just make sure you let Chris know about that And um, Honestly, I'm, I'm really I feel personally flattered because I know it was my people. Thank you, Studio So I guess it was us We started the Gifts and Go for Chris Maidman. Thank you for that. We appreciate you all very much. We're all very happy to and and here's the thing. In terms of being able to speak freely, and this is I mean this is a perfect way for me to do a shameless plug. However, it, it is true without Lear Capital, for example, I wouldn't be able to do this, right? How I monetize this show is in several different ways, right? So, one of the ways that I monetize the show is I turn this down. It's too loud in my ears. Hold on. De-de-de-de-de. Okay, Um, one of the ways that I monetize this show is, uh, I'm gonna turn it up a little bit so I can at least hear myself a little bit, there we go, is through advertising sponsors of the Wake Up America show, and here's the thing, I don't have like a huge audience, so like to have a sponsor like Lear Capital stepping in and endorsing the show and and saying we want to support the Wake Up America show like this, it's a big deal for somebody like me. It keeps us in business and it keeps the Wake Up America show going five days a week, right? We have multiple ways to grow the show and their capital has been a bedrock, just like gold and silver is a bedrock of anybody's portfolio. If you don't at least have a little bit of gold and silver, you're missing out on a big opportunity. Gold is now at all time highs. Why? Because people don't trust the inflationary federal reserve to safeguard our savings in the future if you're saving cash and hoarding cash you're losing money due to inflation i don't care what the biden administration says we all know that the price of food and gas and the things the staples that we buy every day we know that the cost of those things are going up so i i'm gonna turn that up it's just the, the audio levels are all messed up in my ears today i'm gonna to do the gold dance but we'll have to do a little bit later But uh, we know that the dollar is gonna be worth less in the future, not worth less, but worth less in the future. And that's why gold is at all time highs. Today is a great day to just get more information about how to invest in gold and silver because there's more than one way. You can buy physical metals, have them shipped directly to your house, and Lear capital has a great price for you for doing that. And they also have gold IRAs where you actually take physical metals And put them in your retirement account so you can get the tax advantage over time. But you're going to have to visit the website, learaustin.com, to get more information. The best thing that you can do if you want to learn more information and learn it right away and support the show is to call that number, 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. As our friend Horatius says over on the Wake Up America show live stream, he says, gold going up, up, up. It's true today's the day to give them a call lock in your price call that number 1-800-885-2175 that's 1-800-885-2175 or visit lear all right well we got lots of great show left to go an american warship was attacked in the uh red sea over the weekend they were protecting u.s merchant shipping Uh, And of course, we're having a conversation now about what the U.S. warship was doing over there. The alternative to having U.S. warships, of course, protecting merchant shipping is to let Pfizer and BlackRock have private armies to protect their assets in hostile waters. Some of you say, yay. Some of you might say, but uh, frankly, I need to hear from another Liberty lover on this. So I want to hear from Remzo Martinez, who's going to be joining us here live in five. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. All right. Well, that was a great interview with Chris Maidman, and thank you to all of the Cantina crew this morning who were helping to him to um, get through this difficult time. That was an interesting chat to hear about how he lost his job for speaking out against his organization. You just, you can't do that in politics. Well, he lost his job and now some people are standing up for him, helping him to get through this difficult transition period. And it's good to see more patriots standing up and helping one another. We appreciate you for supporting the Wake Up America show. When you click like and subscribe to the channel here, you're helping to support the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. But now it's time for us to chat about foreign policy. Yes, that's right. Over the weekend, a U.S. Navy warship and multiple commercial vessels came under attack Sunday in the Red Sea. This is a potential escalation in a series of maritime attacks in the Mideast linked to the Israel-Hamas war. Joining us now to discuss is a liberty lover himself. He and I used to work together at the LibertarianRepublic.com. These days he's uh, publishing Amp America and working on many liberty things as well. Maybe he can fill us in on what's going on in his world. What's going on, Remzo?
4: Austin, I have a feeling we're going to get called neocons by this afternoon. <laughs>
0: I get called neocon, I get called anarchist, I get called an anti-Semite, I get called an Israel lover. Uh, If you're not getting called every single thing, every which way, uh, at least once a day, then you're not a real libertarian. How's that? (laughs) That seems to be the way it goes. I mean, listen, uh, Remzo, I want, um, you know, I want there to be less military spending overall. I'd like to see us uh, spend less on Pax Americana, but I'm also not stupid enough to think that If the united states wasn't defending our merchant shipping around the world that people would just let our you know cargo ships pass unmolested what about you
4: it's this concept that i'm seeing from people and i mean i just looked at your twitter feed yesterday and the amount of people that just kind of like you know jumped off the plank so to speak for these pirates i just think is just some bizarro world behavior i mean It seems that, you know, my my criticism of libertarians is, well, everyone is a good guy, except we're the ones that made them all evil. And it's like that's a very like, you know, infantile third grade mindset to have when it comes to this. Some people want to be pirates because they actually enjoy killing and looting and being horrible. The same goes for terrorists. The same goes for a lot of people. Like it's this concept that just evil doesn't exist and everything is. Part of some complicated foreign policy situation that almost always starts with the United States. It's ridiculous. So to see people saying, well, you know, we shouldn't have been there in the first place and uh, those vessels should go ahead and take care of themselves. I mean, you, you put it best on X this morning, which is what do you want, like BlackRock and everyone else to have private armies if they can afford to do so? And if that's the only options, more power to them. But I mean, people tend to forget the reason why we have the Marine Corps, the reason why we place such an emphasis. On creating a strong, you know, navy was because of pirates. That was literally the whole freaking reason. It was because of freaking pirates.
0: Uh, and it was, and it was done created by none other than Thomas Jefferson himself. Who, if you ask most baby libertarians who you know have been around for five whole minutes, they'll say they'll say you'll, you'll ask them who their favorite president was, and they'll always say Thomas Jefferson. Uh, which sure is a good reminder to let you know that. They haven't looked at anything that Thomas Jefferson did while he was president of the United States. Um, But the reason, yes, as you said, the U.S. Navy was created was to protect merchant shipping uh, and to keep sea lanes open around the world. But many non-interventionist libertarians seem to think that that's not the job of the U.S. military, that if you are, say, for example, like I'm buying some, I'm going to be selling some garden gnomes on my website here very soon. And the garden gnomes all have machine guns. Like they're all like, you know, m- m- you know, gnomes with like AK-47s. I don't make those in the United States. So I have to buy them from China. Uh, now, apforlibertyshop.com doesn't have the budget of Pfizer, uh, but I do pay my taxes, Remzo. So I think that it makes sense that if I'm going to have, you know, to pay taxes, then if I want to buy some garden gnomes from China and have them shipped to the United States so I can sell them in my shop that i should be able to benefit from u.s navy warships that would protect them because i can't afford a private army like pfizer can but that i guess makes me a neocon it, it's this concept that you know
4: w- everything is just better if we're not involved in it uh you know 99 percent of the time the answer is yeah it's probably better if we're not involved in it but the truth is whether people like it or not the entire world benefits from the u.s navy on the waters even our enemies people who don't like us would rather have us there making sure that stuff isn't going down than not if you look at the billions and i'm talking billions of the capital b the billions of goods that are going across the atlantic alone why would we ever want to leave that up to chance you already have to deal with hurricanes you gotta deal with all this other stuff you have to deal with pirates when you're going around africa that's a that's a very realistic thing. And it's been since 2012 that we've seen escalation in piracy. I mean, it, I, I only remember yesterday watching Tom Cruise get told by that Somali guy, I am the captain now. That was not a one off thing that is happening for vessels, French, British, um, you know, Chinese. The Chinese have been fighting um, you know pirates for a long time. The Chinese have a big problem with that. So, you know, if you want to go ahead and just say, well, go ahead and pull them out and let everyone, you know, take care of themselves. I mean, have you ordered a car recently? I I ordered a car recently. It took me it took several months to get here because it was sitting in China for a pretty long freaking time. Really, at least the majority of the parts are. I don't want to have to think, man, I know I put that money down, but I really hope the pirates decide to stay home today. It's like, I don't want to have to think about this as if it we're living in the 19th century.
0: The mo- Brilliant, by the way. Yes. And then also, to exactly. And also, too, uh, the the moment that a, pir- a pirate stopped the um the uh, or <laughs> the moment that a pirate stepped in. And took over the ship that stopped the butt plugs from arriving for the libertarians here in the United States, they would all of a sudden have a problem with the interdiction of trade. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. If you're just, especially the ones with the unicorn tails. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're all just kidding around here, guys. Come on, take a joke, have a laugh. Hit the wrong button. It's a laugh button, not the applause button. I'm speaking to Remzo Martinez. We're talking about a U.S. warship that was attacked. Uh, along with U.S. merchant ships. So American flag-flying ships uh, were attacked in the Red Sea. But here's the thing. I I saw this yesterday. Remzo, people were saying, well, why was the warship in the Red Sea? Like, part of me thinks that some of our libertarian friends might be playing stupid on the foreign policy, unlike why the ship is there. But I actually think some of them are stupid. I think actually some of them don't know why the U.S. warships are. I don't think they quite understand how the international trade system works. Do you? We're everywhere.
4: And the thing is, is that we're everywhere for a reason when it comes to the high seas. It's one of the reasons why I think the next big military conflict is going to be in the North Pole, because as the ice caps are melting for whatever reason, want to believe what that's doing is that's opening one good opportunities for more trade routes. But two, Russia and the United States are looking at each other thinking, well, who dominates them? And I don't necessarily have an opinion on that as of right now. But, um, you know, this idea that we're just going to say, well, the seas are just wide open. If you want to go ahead and uh, attack merchant vessels and, you know, Carnival Cruise Lines, more power to you. They took chances. It's like that's not the world we live in. The The thing is, is that when we stopped becoming an industrial power, we forfeited the right. Sadly, we forfeited the right to to you know pick and choose what we want to be angry about and i mean when it comes to the butt plugs unless we're going to start producing that in the united states i'm sorry guys do you want the pirates to grab them that's neither here nor there but i mean you you look at you look at africa alone it's hundreds hundreds per day hundreds per day especially off the coast of somalia Um, You know, when it comes to Yemen, a destabilized country, piracy has only jumped immensely over the past decade. And some people will be like, well, that's because of U.S. foreign policy. We have more private um, contractors in Somalia than anywhere else in the world. And have you seen what we've done to Yemen? It's like, listen, man, like the moment they start coming out and shooting merchant vessels, that kind of goes aside for a moment. Because they were doing that before all that. They loved doing that before all that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So this idea of, oh, well, you know, America bad, excuse everything. It's like some people were just rotten even before they had a
0: reason to be mad at us. Exactly. Piracy predates the creation of the United States. And libertarians keep getting so mad at me because in these debates, I keep bringing up the story of Jefferson and the Barbary Wars. But I think it's because they don't quite understand that like literally the foundational, like the foundational aspect of the US military was centered around ensuring that American merchant shipping could continue. But even more than that, if you're a libertarian, even more than just the question of commerce was the question that American of Americans being enslaved. Like we literally had American citizens that were being taken in hostage into captivity in North Africa and pressed into indentured servitude and into slavery. So I mean Are we supposed to allow that to happen? Because is is that our fault that that was happening? I mean, it's so like the problem is, is that I think Remzo is and you and I, you know, we're probably 100% aligned on this one, right? More non-interventionist than isolationist. But I always bristled at the accusation of isolationism because I knew it wasn't true. But there are some isolationists uh, of our ilk. There are some who think. Well the solution to not you know Americans being kidnapped overseas is to never go overseas. Well excuse me but fuck you. Um I have I feel as if I should have a right to travel abroad as long as I you know as long as I'm obeying international customs and quite frankly a lot of these corporations too I can't just travel with my AK-47 overseas. I wanted to go to Japan. I couldn't bring my my 1911 and my and my concealed carry. And Quite frankly, though, if I get kidnapped by Russia or China or something like that and I'm traveling overseas, I think, you know, if I'm going to have tax dollars stolen from me, then part of having my tax dollars stolen from me ought to be at least some kind of implicit contract for protection. If there's one thing the government should be doing, it's protecting American citizens. Am I off base here or am I a neocon interventionist for this?
4: You're a neocon interventionist. No, of course you're right. I mean, when it comes to conversations like this. Yeah, you know, as libertarians, there's a world we want to live in, but then there comes the challenge of accepting the world that we do live in. And the thing is, is that the world overall benefits from the U.S. Navy protecting a majority of the trade routes, even our enemies, whether they want to say it or not, they benefit from it, too. And if you want to take it a step further, whenever there's a natural disaster in the Pacific, whenever there's a flood or a tsunami or a horrible hurricane, who's the first flag they see show up on their shores, not with guns, but with first aid and care and medical supplies and tents and everything. It's the U.S. Navy. We're overall a force for good when it comes to at least this part. And we're not talking about Syria. We're not talking about Iraq and Afghanistan. We're not talking about majority of things. We're talking about the ability. For you to get your stuff on time. You think that Amazon two day shipping just arrived out of nowhere? Sorry, man. A lot of that stuff came from overseas. And this is just how it works. Like it or not, that's how it is. And if you want to start saying, well, you know, they should go ahead and just um, invest in their own security, understand a lot of these companies do, especially a lot of the European ones. Since a lot of European um, trading companies and shipping companies uh, are traveling along areas where there are not U.S. ships, they're already doing it. But sometimes a pirate needs 50 calibers of freedom to the face to know that you probably shouldn't jump on the Kia vehicle ship. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes sometimes. I did not put you in that position, but you sure as heck did.
0: Right. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of these merchant ships, for example, they cannot defend themselves with 50 calibers because in order for them to do business if they want to if they want to trade uh, in with Norway or if they want to stop in Antwerp or they want to do uh, they want to trade with certain countries, they have to sign an explicit contract that that ensures that they will not be carrying arms or having heavy weaponry or guns or something like that. So we wouldn't even be able to conduct most of the trade that we conduct right now if we simply said, well, the US Navy isn't going to protect merchant shipping anymore. Now Pfizer, bio, you know, you know, BlackRock and, you know, and Walmart are going to have to have guns on their ships. Well, that just means that we're not going to be able to do trade with those countries because those countries would refuse shipping that that had that kind of weaponry on it. But I mean and the, the pirates take advantage of that
4: because yeah. what's one of the first things that these ships have to do? They tell their crew, who are probably assembled from all over the freaking world, to start firing hoses at them. So what do the pirates need to do? What they need to do is they know if they go ahead and put a few pop shots in the sky, these people are going to run. The hoses will turn off. They'll be able to board. And what's everyone doing? They're all going around the captain saying, just give them what they want. We've got insurance for this alone. We don't want to die. It's not like these people are thinking, well, you know, I'm making 15 bucks an hour on this ship for four or five months traveling across the ocean. I'm totally going to die because these pirates want to go ahead and grab whatever iPhones are on this ship. Yeah, that's totally going to happen.
0: Yeah, and I and I honestly feel as if like most Americans aren't. It's kind of like toll roads; like they're not going to want to pay the increased cost of goods and services directly through. You know, they're not going to want to pay two thousand dollars for an iPhone in order to afford the for Apple to buy the fifty calibers and the Patriot missiles that they're going to need to be able to safely sail through the Red Sea in order to ensure the the, the constant trade and shipment. But these kinds of these are the kinds of discussions that that, uh, you know, I just kind of rolled my eyes, for example, like when uh, Henry Kissinger died last week, are there plenty of criticisms to be made about Henry Kissinger? Sure. Um, But there's something to be said about his view of foreign policy, when the way that he looked at foreign policy was, was he did it devoid of morality. We as libertarians like to attach morality to every, every policy or every interaction in the world. Specifically, I think it that ties back to the non-aggression principle, right? So we're so grounded in this ethos. But Henry Kissinger's view of foreign policy was one that every country is doing what is in their own best interest. And so he looked at it from, from a simply from a perspective of nations are always going to do what is in their own best interest. Therefore, you should conduct diplomacy based on what is in the best interest of your own country, devoid of some kind of morality or ethos that you might place on it. Can that have negative unintended consequences? Certainly it can. And you know, Cambodia and Laos and others might be examples of that. However, I feel as if libertarians can't have a real conversation about foreign policy because they're always they're trying to sort of sandwich in the ideology on top of what is clearly just a discussion about what is in a country's best interest. Like we're trying to sort of shoehorn, if you will, uh, a view of of policy that is that is uh, out of place in, in a discussion between what's actually in a citizen's best interests. Now I know they would disagree, but th- but I mean, there's something to be learned from a view of foreign policy that is kind of devoid of of ideology to cer- to a certain extent. Is that would you agree with me or not?
4: I got I got slack a couple years ago. Prior to the pandemic, like right at the end of 2019, because I said that the Trump administration banning the Confucius centers that were that China was establishing on college campuses was the right thing to do. And people were like, how can you do that? You're censoring academia. You're unlibertarian. I was like, no, this was a deliberate propaganda campaign to get professors, students, uh, big donors and journalists basically looped in with Maoist Marxism and the CCP, and we should probably really kick it out right now. And, you know, it's this idea that, oh, yeah, I mean, I I called out Cato, too, which is not what you want to do if you want to make friends. Apparently, I was like (laughs) this idea that everyone this idea that everyone in the world is just stupid and that they don't know what we know. And that if we just educated them more with more seminars and cocktail hours, they would suddenly be like, wow, this free market capitalism thing is actually a pretty good idea. We should try capital, um, you know, um, capitalist liberalism. It's like, no, I've spoken to Chinese communists. I've spoken to people from Qatar, Saudi Arabia. I've spoken to some people from some pretty totalitarian places. And here's the truth. They know exactly what we believe. They know the arguments better than some people who believe in them online. And they just don't care. And the thing is, is you have to accept that these people exist and they've heard the arguments and they know what's happening. They just don't care. They genuinely want what they want. And to think that, you know, we just need to, you know, be friends of everybody and everything else. It's like, yeah, you know, lead of diplomacy, but some people just want to blow you up. And that's a hard thing to admit. Sometimes you should they try just, and
0: they didn't be, read enough Milton Friedman. If they had just read Murray Rothbard, they wouldn't want to try and blow us.
4: If up. they listen to David Bowes enough and everyone else, then obviously, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> CCP would fall. But that's just not happening.
0: Yeah. No, I had a conversation with my good friend, uh, Judge Napolitano, uh, about a month ago. And we were talking about the immigration problem, and I, and we were talking about you know, what is a proper, legitimate excuse for preventing the entry of someone into the United States. And I was, I just, ke- I kept like listing off the list of reasons for potential denial of entry. Uh, and listen, I'm for a uh, freer immigration system, but I think there should be some checks and balances and some restrictions to come to the United States. Uh, and when I asked him specifically, I said, judge, What if someone is an open, a member of a terrorist organization, has actually committed acts of terrorism in another country, says they want to commit terrorism in the United States, and is trying to come to the United States, should they be prevented from entry? He didn't think that they should be prevented from entry. I was like, okay, so... the, the. you know, maybe there's maybe that maybe I'm something else Finally I found the line. I don't know. Yeah, there is a line somewhere. There, there's there got to be a line somewhere for entry into the United States. I just don't I don't understand why we we just we seem to be living in a fantasy land, Remzo. We seem to be like we were living in La La Land. You know, it's the island of misfit toys and it's the competition for who can, who's the most retarded toy in Toyland. And nobody wants to play with us and nobody's going to get us underneath their Christmas tree for Christmas, and maybe we're all better off for it.
4: It's because the elf on the shelf got captured by Yemenese pirates. That's just how it is. I mean, (laughs) the the horrible thing is that, you know, the, the horrible thing is that, you know, there are no libertarians sitting at the table. There's no one at the Pentagon. There's no one in Congress. There's no one really in the Senate anywhere to have, you know, an impact on these decisions. The best part is also when it comes to our worst tendencies. Luckily, there are none of these certain people that are there. Right. But I mean, it's um, it's like a pick and choose your battle situation. It's like, is this what you want to fight about? Like, is this the one that you're going to be like, I'm going to die on this hill? There I are 30 want my million
0: Chinese butt plugs to be privately secured on their way to the yeah. United States. There's so
4: many other things that like are legitimate grievances. But when it comes to this, like if you had to rack and stack it, this is at the bottom of the complaint pile. <laughs>
0: I would think so, but you know what? There's a lot of hills that libertarians are willing to die, and I've probably died on some really stupid hills myself in the past, and I look back and I cringe. Uh, Remzo, uh, this is a great conversation. For those who might just be tuning in this morning, it's nice to see a couple hundred people joining us here live. What's up? Wake up. It's the Wake Up America show, and I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Click the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content that you're hearing this morning. Sorry about the naughty words. Uh, We do sometimes get a little PG-13 here. (laughs) I'm speaking to Remzo Martinez. Remzo, what are you working on these days, man?
4: I, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place, but the easiest way to keep up with my projects, my work, and everything else, bounding into comics, bounding into sports, the politicalinsider.com, go ahead and find me on X at Hey Remzo. That's H E Y R E M S O. And, and I just want to point out one last thing, Awesome. I know you got kicked me off in a moment, but like, remember the the Michelle Obama bring back our girls situation? Oh, yes. You had you had a lot of libertarians who were like, this is America's chance to show that we're good. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not our girls, though. But that car on that vessel that those Yemenis pirates are shooting at, that's my car.
0: Well, (laughs) no, dude, you make a good point, because like there were Americans who were kidnapped by Hamas and there were libertarians who were saying oh, no, that's not our business. We shouldn't be getting involved over there. And I'm like, not even to, like, help rescue American citizens who were kidnapped by terrorists? No, I think that they they were making arguments like, oh, I think that Americans are going to make the situation worse, and they'll actually get the American hostages killed. I'm like, I, I've, I... I've, promise you that if you had been kidnapped by Hamas terrorists, that you would be praying for the American Navy to show up and the U.S. Marines to kick the door down and save your pathetic, worthless libertarian ass?
4: I would want SEAL Team 6 to take out everybody. I'd be like, okay, I I, I, I want to put all my criticisms of the military industrial complex and everything aside and say, SEAL Team 6, send all of them. Just come get me. Like, this is... This is when ridiculous.
0: I, when I joined the liberty movement, I never signed. I, ne- I didn't sign shit. I, there was no social contract. That, and I didn't sign. I didn't agree to the non-aggression principle. I just said that I wanted less government and I want less taxes. Uh, but I do believe that we need cops, courts and nuclear weapons. Um, yeah, twice on Japan. Remzo, and um, <laughs> anything else you want to say real quick before I let you go?
4: Nope. Thanks again, Austin. As always, everyone can go ahead and uh, yell at me later and talk about how the pirates are really just victims. Hey, Remzo on X.
0: (laughs) Neocon, Neocon, Neocon. We'll see you later, Remzo. Hey, thanks so much for your good work. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, I'll be uh, writing another piece for your awesome website, ampamerica.com this week, man. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much. What do you guys think of Remzo Martinez? That's some good stuff. We said some bad words there. Sorry about that. Every once in a while, it gets a little spicy here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? How dare you? If you're enjoying the show this morning, make sure you click like and subscribe to the channel. And join us this morning. uh, Join us every morning, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. On the Wake Up America show. That's, uh, you can text the show at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. It's nice to see 220 people here live this morning. I bet you at least 120 of you guys have no idea who I am. Um, One listener texted in and says, Remember, Rudolph was stopped by Sentry and was deported from the island of Misfit Toys. Thanks for the reminder. That's why I don't fit in. (laughs) It's definitely Christmas time this morning as we start to get into the season. We're going to be the hap, hap, happiest bunch of a-holes this side of liberty here on the wake up america show we've got one more guest to go that's going to be larry sharp he's going to give his libertarian take on the houthi rebels pirate situation he served in the u.s marines after all we'll hear from him he's also going to break down his thoughts on the republican primary candidates as an outsider on the wake up america show at wakeupamericashow.com. good morning rise and freedom i'm austin peterson you're watching and listening to the wake up america show at wakeupamericashow.com don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time joining us here we'd love to have you come back and join us the show streams live every monday through friday from seven to nine central it's a great way to start your day we fight for economic freedom and personal liberty and most of our guests reflect that point of view as well we've had some awesome guests this morning and it's only getting better my next guest is an old friend and we haven't chatted with him in a while on the show so we're glad to bring him back larry sharp is a former gubernatorial candidate for the Libertarian Party in the state of New York. And he's joining us live this morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you, sir? Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas to you, my friend.
2: Happy to see you. By the way, I love Remzo. He's great.
0: Oh, great. Thanks so much, Larry. Yes, he really is. And um, I was glad to hear his point of view. I'm just actually kind of curious your thoughts. I don't know if you you were able to hear much of our conversation. We were talking about the uh, attack on the U.S. warship and merchant shipping uh, over the weekend. And it's this whole conversation about whose job is it to protect these uh, ships, right? What is the role of the U.S. government? I mean, you probably already know the story. I mean, you're a U.S. Marine, so you know for, to, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, the U.S. Navy. Absolutely. You know, and the U.S. Marines have been fighting over there to protect Americans from piracy and enslavement since 1770. Rah, 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 so I wonder what, what your 1775, is 1775, just to be clear, <laughs> November 10th, in case it was a
2: question. That's, that's when we were started in Tun Tavern, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. So just in case anyone actually cared. Yes, that's true. And we were made for your point, right? Yeah. The, the reason why Marines were required is because sailors know how to sail a ship and fire big guns. What they don't know how to do is fight ship to ship. That's why we made Marines, so that there were people who could fight ship to ship. Sailors don't know how to take a, a, a beach landing. Sailors don't know how to fight ship to ship. If you notice, Marines still have the same sword they used to use. On top of the Marine, uh, the officers a uh, cap is actually a, uh, a braided cross. Why was that on top of the cap? Because as Marines would cross ship to ship, Marine snipers on the um, on the on the bird's nest would know who to shoot and who not to shoot. Whoever the cross and was a Marine, don't shoot that guy. Shoot the other guy because half would be across with pistol and sword, the other half would be up here with rifles. So yes, uh, that is our job. Correct. Okay. If you so remember I... though, Austin, yeah, go ahead. You teased me years ago. Hmm. You teased me years ago when I said when you asked me, you said. Larry, you know, do you think there should be a military out there supporting America blah, blah? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm not against the United States Navy supporting our lanes. And you said, oh, it's mercantilism. You teased me like five, four right. or five years ago. You're right. You teased me. You got so me. So I didn't forget that. I remember I'm, I've always been on board with this idea of, look, I don't want America to have 900 bases. I think that's a terrible idea. But I do think, particularly right now, there is not another Navy out there That could do our job right now. So even if we didn't want to, there's no one who could do it. If you wanted to, if you were, if you were someone who would say, look, I want to share the wealth, I could buy that. I could, I'm not against that idea, but you then would have to support other national navies or somehow support some, I hate to even say some UN Navy, boo. But anyway, that would be something that at least would be a plan that you could create to do it. So I have no problem with America's supporting shipping lanes.
0: So that's a big question then, because uh, a lot of libertarians think, you know, like I used to think that the, you know, corporations that do international shipping should be able to uh, protect their own ships. Maybe they should, but a lot of them sign contracts with the countries they do business with that they won't be rolling into port with heavy weaponry. And then also there's the issue of the fact that a lot of these smaller shippers, they can't necessarily afford Patriot missiles and caliber machine guns to be able to do this. So. You think it's a legitimate role of government?
2: I think it's a legitimate role of whomever wants to take on the role, but it's a role that's required right now. Yes, there is no other entity that could possibly do it. So yes, look, you and I, we've been through this for years, talking back and forth on what level of you know voluntary society we want to go to. I'm much more of a realist than many libertarians are, and you know I am. Would I love it if there was a world where we could all voluntarily do this? Of course I would. That'd be amazing. I'd also love Santa Claus. I think Santa Claus is a wonderful idea. I wish that were true. It isn't. Right now, the world is in a spot where America must do this. If other countries could and you want to have a plan to fix it, I'm okay as long as you got a plan because I don't want to stop this. Right now, this is our
0: job. I think that's really interesting, Larry. And certainly, I've come around to your point of view on this one as I've uh, gotten a better understanding of international policy. but. You are a neocon, though, still, unfortunately, for having that point of view. So
2: I wish I wasn't, but sadly, I am. It's
0: true. I'm,
2: I'm, it's Haley Sharp, 2024. Done. That's all, that's all it is. There we go. Well, speak, yes.
0: Speaking of Nikki Haley, though, I did want to talk to you about the Republican primary. There is a big difference between someone who thinks we need to be involved in every foreign war overseas, send every tax dollar that we have to Ukraine and to Israel, and someone like ourselves who thinks that, yeah, it's a good idea to protect American merchant shipping, but perhaps we oughtn't be the policemen of the world in every situation. So I, I wonder what your take is on Nikki Haley, and specifically, what did you think about AFP endorsing her?
2: Um, I am n- not happy a- about an endorsement like that. I'm not. Um, my my worry is one of the reasons why I'm so anti Nikki Haley, and I am absolutely anti Nikki Haley. And there are many reasons why, but one of them is she actually has no answer. Right. Violence, sadly, can work. Right. I always want to be the last choice, obviously, but it only works if you have a plan to stop. So there is no more violence. Right. My answer is always the same. You're going to go bomb people. OK, great. What's the plan after? No, no, no. We should keep bombing them. No, that's not the answer. If your only answer is keep bombing, then walk away and let it fall apart. Don't be part of the, all of this. What was the old thing that Colin Powell said back in Iraq? If you break it, you buy it. Right. That concept, I agree with. And my problem with Nikki Haley is she has no answer. Her answer is they just want to kill us. That's not true. There is a reason why they want to kill us, right or wrong. So we either have two options one, eradicate them like the Romans, right? That's one thing, eradicate them, which I'm against, or find a way of getting enough of them to not believe that reason, whatever that thing is, right? Or give them a better thing to believe or a better option. Generally speaking, the better off people are. The less they they wore, generally speaking. So maybe we can help them out in that way. I don't know, but the point is, just bombing is not the answer. And Nikki is just angry, and I don't accept that at all.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Um, but the fascinating question of of the endorsement of AFP of Nikki Haley is why Nikki over Ron DeSantis? You would think that you know Ron no. being no Ron's terrible. Real? Ron's uh, terrible. What, Larry? He's a horrible candidate. Is he? I've
2: okay. said it publicly, he's why. a terrible candidate. Okay, And the reason why he's a terrible candidate is several fold. Number one, zero charisma, right? Zero charisma. He's got no I mean, a guy. I mean, th- there is no doubt that he should <laughs> have devastated, in theory, Gavin Newsom. He didn't devastate him, right? And people go, oh, yeah, he no, he did not. He didn't because of his lack of a charisma. Newsom is charismatic. I hate Newsom. He's a terrible human being. However, I, I I have eyes. The guy is smooth. The guy has charisma, and if you're gonna do this job, you have to have some charisma, right? And he lacks charisma. But second thing, he's not for anything. He's always against something. He is a reactionary candidate. He is clearly someone who doesn't like conflict, and you you can't you like Newsom loves the conflict. He eats this up. He's like, oh, gonna yell at me about stuff. Okay, he eats this up. You, He's a bad candidate. That's the problem with Ron DeSantis. And if you live in Florida you, and you're a libertarian, you think he sucks. If you live in New York, you think he's amazing because you're taking, your, <laughs> you're, you're taking yourself based upon your own governor, right? Compared to Governor Cuomo or Governor Hochul here in New York, DeSantis is awesome. He's the greatest governor on the planet compared to that. But if you live in Florida, you want more, right? So I think where you live also depends upon how you, you rate DeSantis also.
0: Oh, that's a really good point of view, and you could only hear it right here from Larry Sharp, who's joining us live on the Wake Up America show. Guten Morgen, meine Damen und Herren. I'm Austin Peterson. Thankful to have you here. Click like and subscribe. Uh, Larry Sharp is just killing it this morning. We're talking to him a little bit about the, the his outsider libertarian, capital L libertarian view of the Republican primary. Boy, I've been getting smeared by DeSantis supporters to no end for saying the exact same thing that you're saying, Larry. Yes. It's a little different coming from me as a member of the Republican Party now, because all I've been saying is exactly what you're saying is that Ron DeSantis, he should be absolutely dominating in the primary. 100%. But but his lack of of charisma on the national stage is why people go back and they go, This guy, you know, puts us in a little bit of danger going up against Joe Biden to a certain extent. Whereas with Donald Trump, I, and I wrote a piece about this, whether you like it or not. And I think you probably know I did this. I got in trouble in 2016. When I ran as a libertarian for saying there's a lot that libertarians can learn from Donald Trump, he's got, the, he's got the riz. He's got charisma. He's funny. He is entertaining. And whether we like that or not, that matters. Why do you think the Democrats are putting him in court? Do you think they honestly
2: believe that the, that, that they're going to actually arrest him or not put? he's not going to run? No. Look, the average Democratic voter, particularly left, the more left-leaning ones, the, the non-establishment ones. They hate Donald Trump, and they actually want him in jail. They do. But the leadership does not want Donald Trump in jail. They want him as as a wounded animal limping into the election. They want to make sure he spends more time in court and not out motivating people. That's what he's good at. You put put that man in front of a crowd, and he'll win this thing again, right? You leave him in court, he can't win this thing because he can't motivate the people to get out and do it. And they're also hoping that when he's in court, he'll look weak. That's their hope, that he'll have to look weak, and they will put that on, on blast 24-7, trying to get people to feel, see Trump's not what he used to be. He's broken. That's the hope. And look at me wrong. Again, I, you know I'm not a Democrat or a fan, but I have eyes. I can see what's working, what isn't working, what their plans are. That's their plan. And At the moment, I think it's actually working at the moment. I'm not sure what, what it will look at the end. The only people who could possibly beat Trump if they're in the Republican primary, I mean, if anyone, I, don't, I think he's unbeatable, but assuming that there's someone who could win, it's either Nikki Haley or Revec, and it's because those two project strength very well. And that's why if, if anyone can, and I'm not sure anyone can, but I think those two would have a chance if there is a chance. And if there is a, a VP slot, I don't think these two could fill that slot, either one of them.
0: wait a minute okay so you are sending a little thrill up my leg because you said the v word vivek ramaswamy you you say but are you saying that you don't think he could fill the vp slot i don't think either one will oh okay i think both could i I don't think either will
2: okay why not um i don't think vivek wants to take second fiddle to trump i don't think he does that's the issue if 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 Trump had to pick one, I think Trump would pick Vivek. Trump would not pick Nikki Haley. Um, I think Trump would put, pick Vivek. But my gut says he picks someone like Tim Scott or s- someone who's like out there, who's like, you know, like you with Pence. Someone who is out there somewhere who can who's happy being a number two because it's tough being number. It's tough trying to be being an alpha around Trump. He produces so much alpha energy and it's so hard to do that. Right. It is. It's hard to do with it. You've got to be able to be a good number two, and that's not easy, right? Not that's easy. not an easy place to be.
0: Now, I, I sort of, I think I would just m- m- nitpick there and say I actually think Vivek is angling to be VP, and that he probably would accept that. But I mean, that's I mean, that's just um, you know a minor disagreement. But I would say, if it's me, I would say yes from him because he's setting himself up for twenty twenty eight slam dunk for sure. But I mean, here's the thing: like, you know, talk about why the Vivek sends a throw out my leg. Is he not the most libertarian of all of the Republican candidates in the primary at at this moment? I'm yes agreeing. or no?
2: Yes. Yep. 100%. Yes. Okay. The, okay. The, the most the most in the Democratic primary was RFK. The most in the Republican is still Vivek. So, Vivek, I'm sorry. I call him Vivek still from the old days. But yes, Vivek. Yes. He is still he's still the most libertarian. I agree. They they are. The the issue I have with Vivek sometimes is sometimes he spends too much time fighting culture war. And I, I'm not a big fan as a libertarian fighting culture war all the time, so he spends too much time for my liking going there. But yes, if I if I if that was my only choices, of course he's the most libertarian of the bunch, no question.
0: And now I, I, we don't have to get a big discussion about the culture war. I will say that I do disagree with you on that. I think that cold that the, the politics is downstream of culture. And Javier Malay of Argentina is confirming my biases on this one because he has yes. argued in in large sense that libertarians do need to be active and engage in the culture wars because without a without a strong for example, creating documentaries, creating videos, I mean, this is the culture war, Larry. Yeah. How can you say you don't believe in the culture war? We're doing it right now? Well, because you said as a libertarian, and yes. as in the Amer-
2: in american's two party system, no third party can survive fighting culture war, not because culture war isn't important, but here's what happens. I know I've run more than once if i if I do culture war, right, and i in whatever side I pick, right I go, oh, every everybody's trans, right? Whatever, I do that, right? And I jump on the left side of, of the culture war. The Republicans go, can't vote for that guy. He's crazy in culture war. Democrats go, oh, Larry's one of us, but we have a Democrat and they vote Democrat. I get no votes. So you, you can't run culture war in our system is why I'm saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't have deal with the culture war. You hmm. can't run in our system that way. You could run obviously because they have much more of a three, he created like almost basically a three-party system. He created the right system. In our system in America, third parties can't do it. It It's
0: interesting, I've never heard it from that perspective. And uh, that's probably something we should have a little bit longer discussion about some other time, Larry, but um, we we have limited time this morning. So uh, Donald Trump, very likely to be the nominee. Um, Yes. My, my, I guess, uh, Trump derangement syndrome ended back in 2016, 2017, when I saw how Trump governed. Are there a lot of libertarian things that we have bones to pick with him on massive spending? Sure. Operation Warp Speed. Yep. Absolutely. Tariffs. Absolutely. But he did do some libertarian things, Larry, like sure. Right to right to Try, First Step Act. I mean, you could argue he might have actually been a little bit more libertarian than Ronald Reagan to some extent. Um,
2: Maybe, is, it, but, but not in good rhetoric,
0: right? Reagan was a not, very not a rhetoric. good...
2: Yes, yeah, not in rhetoric. Reagan was great libertarian rhetoric when it came to rhetoric. Uh, right, but who much, cares? Way better than Trump.
0: Right? Right, who cares, right? Would, would you well, rather have you mean Because you do tweets? want to motivate. No, no, but, you do
2: also want to motivate the people behind you too, right? But rhetoric the, does matter. You want both.
0: But uh, you do, but if I had to choose and I only got one, I'd rather have the libertarian policies more than the rhetoric, right? I don't know. And
2: let me tell you why. You're <laughs> an artful dodger. No, I'm not dodging. I'm being very, I'm being very forward. you have a guy like Trump who is so, so hated by at least 30% of our country, if not 50% of our country, who's hated by it. So everything he does now becomes negative, right? So I think there is a, look, the reason why I keep saying this is as we keep doing left, right, we just keep going left, right. So I'm a Republican and I'm happy that, that, you know, uh, Trump won. Great. Four years from now, I'm going to get AOC as my president, right? Or whatever. Or you know, Elon Omar as my president in, in eight years, or whatever, whatever horrible thing I'm going to get. Well, now I get her, so I'm upset. Well, if I'm on the left, oh great, I got AOC, I'm now saved. But then four years later, I got Tim Scott as my president. Oh, I hate him. So I'm I'm just going back and forth. So what I want is to your point, culture change. And what Reagan did more than anything was he created Reagan Democrats. That wasn't the thing. He did that. So would I ra- would I rather have one or the other? I'm looking for the future. I'm looking long term. I don't care who wins this next election, to be very full with you. I don't. People get mad at me when I say it. I'm not dodging. I'm saying I don't care. If Trump wins, I get Ilhan Omar four years later. The hell do I care? If Biden somehow wins, I don't know. Then, I, then we get the horrible Kamala Harris, but then I get Tim Scott after that. So who cares, right? Whatever I do, I get four years, I get a swap. I don't want that. I want actual change. To your point, culture change, rhetoric matters. I need people believing. That we're right. We I need Javier, the American Javier here coming up here, right? That's what I need. So I need impact more than I need actual policies.
0: Speaking of Larry Sharp, he's a former gubernatorial candidate in the state of New York, and he is joining us live right now on the Wake Up America show. Nice to see a nice big audience this morning live. Hallelujah. Thank you to Rumble.com for putting us on the front page. We appreciate that. I'm your host, Austin Peterson, and our show streams live here every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So make sure you click like and subscribe and come back and join us. Uh, Larry, speaking of New York, did you have a quick take on uh, George Santos getting kicked out? Was that a dumb move by the Republicans? Was it necessary? I mean, I kind of like the guy, <laughs> to be honest. Um, well, he's right on Long Island. He's, his, his district is like two or three away from mine,
2: uh, out towards the east. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the reality of it is, again, it doesn't do anything. It's, it's performative, right? I don't, I don't think it was a good idea. I think you let the people know what he did, how he did it, exactly what he did, and you run somebody against him. That is my view, right? Um, people didn't like Trump. Are people trying to throw Trump off the ballot now? Cause he's an insurrectionist, which right? No, put him on a ballot, let people decide if they want the crazy insurrectionist guy's president. Okay. Like I'm not against that. So I'm so I think Santos was a it was performative, was a bad idea. It shows the weakness of the system and they're trying to act like they did something when they didn't change the system, right? So it's like, well, we hate the war on drugs, so we'll arrest more people who do drugs. No, fix the system, right? So we be a better system. So the reason why they got rid of them is so they don't have to change the system. The system's garbage. It's just left-right. George Santos won the same thing I talked about before, which is people in that district just hated Democrats. That's not a good enough reason to put that guy in. Well, yeah, it is. Clearly, that's why he's in. But that should not be a good enough reason to put that guy in. There should have been an actual system with real people in the primary where a public is going to pick the real person with where, where the press would have actually not just said, so why do you hate Trump? And actually had real questions so that people could have figured it out. So I'm unhappy they did it. It was a bad idea. It masked the part, the part that said we should fix our system.
0: This is a great conversation, Larry, and I I couldn't have this conversation with pretty much anybody else, especially you with your point of view. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, brother. Uh, um, I, I'd like to ask you uh, one last thing before we let you go here, Larry, if you don't mind. Um, I you know we're friends. I've got a lot of good friends still in the Libertarian Party, and I yep. appreciate the good work that many of them are doing. But just like I was honest about how Ron DeSantis ain't doing so hot, and I got a lot of uh, heat for it, the presidential candidates, man, and and I. You know, perhaps including Josh Smith, who I like personally and think is a good dude. But I mean, in terms of like the bench, it's looking pretty thin, bro. Um, what is no, going on? No, you're right. I was. It, I what literally is going just, on, man?
2: I literally just, I, I literally just moderated another debate in the Libertarian Party. I do it all the time. That I'm one of the guys they picked to, to moderate debates. I just did one in Connecticut last weekend. You're correct. It's tough, but it's tough for several reasons. Number one, as you know, the party's broken. It's been broken for a while, and it still is broken. But number two, there's a lot of people of stature who are looking and saying, I got to fight Jill Stein. I got to fight Cornel West. I got to fight the juggernaut as an independent. That is RFK right now, right, as an independent. He's a juggernaut, right? And I got to fight Trump and Biden. I might come in fifth this year. Do I really want to run and come in fifth? And then where is all the money? Well, the money might be going to all these other people running and not me. So now I'm not gonna get that three to four to $5 million I expected. I might only to get one or two, right? So I'm not gonna get that. And then where am I in the polls, right? How am I doing that? Which is why I think you're, you're finding some people who are struggling. You're finding people who are down. People don't wanna come back into the party. People are like, why bother? I think you're right. All those things are a problem. However, I'll go back to long game. There is no other place to go. Whatever RFK does, he's not gonna start his own party. The Green Party is always gonna be a joke. The only third party that's going to be available is going to be libertarian. There is no place else to go. So while it may we may have a bad near, near ne- year next Vote year. Vote
0: libertarian. There's no place else to go. Yes. The, our system is that <laughs> broken.
2: I wish it wasn't. It's that broken. We
0: Larry, are the only
2: party that's going to have any chance of making us. any impact in the future
0: here. Join us, Larry. You would be a great Republican candidate. You could take the next George Santos I get that. Seat. I get that request almost every
2: year here in New York. Almost every year I get that request.
0: Join us, Larry. Then together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. <laughs> Larry, this is too much fun, man. I got to have you back more often. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. We've got a nice big audience. We are front and center, right at the top of rumble.com. So we got the masses just joining us in and they're like, who is Larry Sharp? He's funny. He's awesome. Where can we follow him online? And uh, let us know uh, if there's anything that you think people should be aware of before we let you go.
2: Absolutely. You can check me out at Larry Sharp on all the things. I am on all of the things. Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, threads, Instagram, all the things. Larry Sharp and I shop with an E and the E stands for entertaining.
0: There you go. Look sharp. For Larry Sharp, he is a former gubernatorial candidate for the Libertarian Party good friend of mine. And we just awesome conversation. Larry, we'll definitely have you back again soon. Thanks for being so generous with your time and good luck in the state of New York. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. What'd you guys, think, Larry Sharp, send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, the text lines are open. You can send us in one at 573-319-1586. Gosh, darn it. That show was amazing. Amazeballs. Thank you to Rumble.com for putting us up there on the front page. You guys, you rock. Did we get your day started great? Hopefully your week as well. God, there's so much exciting stuff happening here behind the scenes at the Wake Up America show. Show both personal and professional that I just can't share yet. I'm just kind of, I'm, Lord, I'm fixing the bust. But I am going to keep my secrets for now. it's a good reason to keep coming back and watching the show because... We're always doing some exciting new project, some new scheme for Liberty, something new at the shop, which for example, that reminds me, have you guys checked out Shop.com yet? You've got to check out the shop. Wait a minute. That's just a picture of Joe Biden up on a ladder. No, no look out.
2: God, No,
0: God, please. No, you no. got to know they, they've no. got like the secret service agent is right there on the edge of the frame, like in case he falls off of that ladder. Who let the old man on the, on the ladder? That's the way to do it. Do me a favor, William. I actually have a favor to ask you, a real favor to ask of you. So we just revamped the AP for Liberty Shop merchandise website, and I want to make sure that everything's working properly. Will you do me a favor and just spend a few minutes this morning just kind of browsing the shop, and I'd really appreciate it if I could get your feedback. Is, anything, is everything working? Is there anything broken on there, things that don't make sense? How you can send your feedback is to text the show, 573 573- three one nine one five eight six as we go and we say goodbye to the day do me a favor just spend like a minute or two scroll through it on your phone scroll through it on desktop if there's something that doesn't look right something that's not working some problem just send me a text let me know if everything's working great i'd love to hear your feedback as well It's brand new spent a good chunk of money and a time this weekend revamping the whole merchandise website to make it easier for you. We've also got some exciting new changes coming this week and some new product lines coming this week. I think you're really going to be excited to see. We're going to be the ultimate Liberty merch site in the world at apforlibertyshop.com. Check out the website. Click like and subscribe here to the channel before you go. And um, give me some feedback on the text line again at 573-319-1586. I got to run. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you to rumble.com. Thank you to you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.